Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. His bark is worse than his bite. This is The Roy Green Show. Hey, Morley, you're joking, right? Morley sends him an, e- an email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Roy, just think of what's going on with Facebook, Google, etc., and how the, they treat people on the right, conservative. These are the same people who are going to program the autonomous cars. There are situations like Tempe where the car has to determine who dies. If they find out that you're a conservative, the car can be programmed so you lose. You trust them to program the car to protect you? Now you really got me scared, Morley. You're terrifying me now. 800-263-2428 is the number. Let us go to Brian in Edmonton. Brian, thanks for the call, sir. Please go ahead. Hey, no, I just, I kind of just turned my radio on, and I just heard you talking there just about these autonomous cars, and, you know, if there was a fire truck parked on the side of the road, and if it turned out, so I'm not too up-to-date on any of that stuff. Just your viewpoint, so you're concerned that if that vehicle pulls out, will the autonomous car know to like slow down or stop is that what you're getting at no they the fact is that they did it cannot it cannot distinguish between a sedan and the fire truck it has no idea that the fire truck is an emergency vehicle so the autonomous car is not expecting the fire truck to maybe suddenly pull out and go whereas a human being who's driving the, down the road sees the fire truck knows it's an emergency vehicle understands the fire truck may suddenly decide to lurch forward and go because they get a 911 call, and the human being is prepared for that. So the autonomous vehicle isn't, and bam, the human being is prepared and avoids the accident. Well, you're assuming the human being is prepared. Like, you you must drive on the road yourself, do you not? Yeah, yeah, I do. What's the point? When you're driving, don't you see lots of vehicles just speed by these no, no, Brian. Brian, it's just Brian. It's about recognizing the fact that that yeah. vehicle may, in fact, move quickly. Exactly. The autonomous car doesn't do that. register. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. I got a Jim in Vancouver. Go ahead, Jim. How you doing there? Good, How sir. How are about? you doing? Ah, uh, I'm all right for a Sunday. <laughs> as good as I'm going to be. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, Go ahead, so buddy. Look, um, the way I look at it is one of two things. Originally, I'm actually from Toronto, so we have what I think is probably the best uh, public transit system in all of Canada. And then on the flip side of that, you, I live in Vancouver, which is probably for the major cities the worst public transit city uh, system uh, in the country. When you look at an autonomous vehicle, uh, as long as they are regulated in the right way and are meant to be on highways and in the main entrances of the cities, I don't foresee those problems happening the way that uh, people are sensationalizing it. We're looking at no, no. I'm not. Nobody's sensationalizing. This is factual. This factual information from that Atlantic magazine article. It's it's not speculation. It's fact. Sir, in all honesty, you're right. However, there there's uh, there's been multiple years of research, almost over a decade of research, as far as artificial intelligence. Uh, BMW actually has a fabulous AI project uh, that has the car ready for over a million type of road-type simulations and accidents, including um, fire trucks. So you're Um, comfortable. So, Jim, you're comfortable with the entire notion. You would get into an autonomous vehicle and feel perfectly fine. At this point, at this point, I would take my chances, sir. Okay. Madison, I'm not criticizing. I'm not criticizing you. I just want to know how people feel, Jim. Fair enough. But the reason why I would, sir, is because the same reason, we're on an electric system here with the SkyTrain. 
and the SkyTrain has malfunctions, and the SkyTrain has issues, and people get hurt and things of that nature. But they, they may not be put into the news. But because this is a newer type of technology, it's important that us as people know what's going on if the car does malfunction or anything like that. Yeah, so well, appreciate- we have to know that. Jim, I appreciate the call. Wait till we have the first head-on collision between two autonomous vehicles, and there are deaths involved. This has really got uh, people talking and interested, so we'll continue. 800-263-2428 is the number, 800-263-2428. Driverless vehicles, autonomous vehicles. Are you, uh, would you get into one? Are you, would you, I mean, GM's going to be selling them next year in, in, in large numbers, Barry told us. Would you, would you buy one? Would you drive, do they scare you? 800-263-20, killed a woman in Tempe. 800-263-2428. Straight talk, no nonsense, honest debate. This is the Roy Green Show. Next hour, we'll talk to psychologist Dr. Frank Farley about that uh, French police officer who sacrificed his own life for the hostage and became a hostage himself. What is it that makes people do that? Sacrifice their own lives, have such incredible generosity that they give up their own lives. And how will the uh, Parkland students fare as they grow older and become adults based on what they've seen? Dr. Frank Farley will join us. We'll get at Cambridge Analytica a little later on and uh, the issue of opioids. Donald Trump made some rather dumb statements as all of the people who, who uh, don't recognize the massive problem that chronic pain is make dumb statements and even worse decisions. We're going to be talking to a woman in the United States who's, after 20 years, her Opioid meds were discontinued immediately by her doctor after, after Trump made his hang him high speech. And uh, she's thinking suicide. What's going to happen is the suicide rate is going to go up. It's already, it's already happened. I'll talk about that. I have, I have some information for you on that. And Human Rights Watch is investigating what's going on. And Human Rights will talk to uh, the director of health services for Human Rights Watch. In New York. But it's the uh, autonomous cars right now. And this has really gotten a tremendous amount of interest. Our phone lines are incredibly busy. Go back to your calls in a second. I just want to read you a couple of things. Just a little background. This is from KPMG Canada. A new report from KPMG International shows Canada is well down the road to being ready for a world of self-driving vehicles. The 2018 KPMG Autonomous Vehicles Readiness Index, AVRI, examined the key factors required for countries to meet the challenges of a world of self-driving vehicles and ranked Canada's seventh in overall readiness. Autonomous vehicles are poised to revolutionize not only transportation, but the way people live and work throughout the world, says Richard Threlfall, global head of public transport, KPMG International. There'll be economic benefits because the time we currently spend driving a car becomes productive time in an autonomous vehicle that can be spent working, relaxing, or sleeping. 
And moreover, there'll be social benefits, including a vast reduction of the 1.3 million people killed each year in car accidents. We don't know that for sure. The Atlantic Magazine article kind of scares me about that one. Um, accessibility for those who currently cannot drive because of age or disability. However, with the tremendous opportunity come significant challenges that have to be addressed in order for countries to be able to realize the benefits of AVs. In other words, they're not ready. So Canada is number seven on the list of countries ready for autonomous vehicles. Netherlands first, then Singapore, United States, Sweden, UK, Germany, Canada, the United Arab Emirates, New Zealand, and South Korea. Now, there's the, I just want to read you a couple of things again from the Atlantic Magazine article, and then we'll go to your calls. It's by Meredith Broussard. She's an assistant professor at the Arthur L. Carter Journalism Institute of New York University and affiliate faculty member at the Moore Sloan Data Science Environment of the UN NYU Center for Data Science. And here, in part, she wrote, On Sunday, the inevitable happened. An autonomous vehicle struck and killed someone. In Arizona, a woman police identified as Elaine Herzberg was crossing the street with her bicycle when a self-driving Uber SUV smashed into her. It's too soon to tell whether the Uber car crash was a situation where the car was programmed to save the occupants and kill the bystander, or if it was a software malfunction, or if something totally unexpected happened, if the car was programmed to save the car's occupants at the expense of the pedestrians, the autonomous car industry is facing its first public moment of moral reckoning. It's important stuff. And how does the car see it? Similar to the way that bats use echolocation to avoid obstacles. The cameras take photos of the lines on the road and send data that helps the car steer so that it stays between the solid line and the edge, at the edge of the road and the dotted line that marks the edge of the lane. Autonomous cars don't track the center line of the street well on ill-maintained roads. They can't operate on streets where the line markings are worn away. As on many of the streets in New York, these cars also don't operate in snow and other bad weather because they can't see in these conditions. When we talked about the uh, issue with the fire truck, the car cannot recognize the fire truck as a an emergency vehicle if it's parked on the side of the road. So it's never ready for the fire truck to suddenly lurch into traffic because they got a 911 call. The human being who's in the car sees the fire truck, and immediately your brain prepares you for the possibility that this fire truck's going to take off suddenly, and you better be ready for it. And uh, she also writes, to date, all self-driving driving car experiments have required a driver and an engineer to be on board at all times. Now, even with that safety measure, a pedestrian has died. So, go to your calls. 800-263-2428. Are you comfortable with the idea of a car that drives itself? Glenn is in Hamilton. Hey, Glenn, thank you for the call. Thank you for your patience. How are you doing today? Good, sir. How are you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Go ahead. I, uh, I have two concerns, both related to the same thing. I haven't heard anyone address uh, the effects, once there are a number of these things on the road, to some sort of critical system failure caused by you know, an undiscovered bug in the code or something in the central processing center or a malicious hack. That's a very good point, sir. Because, you know, we, we've seen 
huge organizations with vast amounts of money and brain power get uh, maliciously hacked and you know important personal data we already we've also seen vehicles hacked mm-hmm. we've seen the current generation of computers and all of the add-on toys that we have in our cars now we've seen those hacked and it's created safety issues in some cases yeah, so, you know, if a lot of these chips and stuff that... I got gotcha. you. Are you comfortable then, Glenn, or do you... What? No. I know you're not comfortable, I, but what makes you comfortable with that uh, whole idea? The fact that I'm personally in control and personally responsible yes, for sir. what happens in my vehicle... Yes, sir. ...rather than offering up that and relinquishing that control to some... I got you, buddy. You know inanimous entity somewhere. I got you, buddy. Thank you for the call. No, I'm not giving up control. I've got my keys. I've got my vehicle. I know how to drive it, and I don't want... This, I, I'm, it's not going to drive itself. I'm not going to let it. I will not allow it. And the article goes on to say that uh, uh, so far... Where is it here? Plenty of people, including technologists, are sounding warnings about self-driving cars and how they attempt to tackle very hard problems that haven't yet been solved. People are warning of a likely future for self-driving cars that is neither safe, nor ethical, nor toward the greater good. Still, the idea of self-driving cars is nifty, and coming soon is often the accepted wisdom. And there's a tendency to forget that technologists have been saying, coming soon! For decades now, and then to date, all self-driving car experiments, I can't read, have required a driver and an engineer to be on board at all times. Now, even with that safety measure, a pedestrian has died. I don't like it. I don't, I just don't like it. Mark is in Langley, British Columbia. He's a truck driver. And Mark, I'm looking at an article with a, with a, with a, with a photograph of a of an of an autonomous eighteen wheeler. It looks you know what it looks like? It looks like a death truck. Yeah, I know. Hey right. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I know, like this thing we're talking about with big rigs, right? So I drive a brand new one and it's got some of the newer technologies that are coming in for autonomous, I guess, right? Yes, sir. And so they always talk about put the trucks are gonna platoon, right? They're gonna go down the highway like they'll stay but how that works is they got sensors on the truck. But I tell you, if you get dust or a bit of dirt on there, like when I'm driving, the thing cuts out. So, I mean, I think we're a very, very long way from having all these vehicles driving around by themselves. So is that the general talk among truckers? When you guys get, and gals get together and you talk about the industry and you talk about, you know, the future, and we've, we've already had our finance minister say that truck driving is not going to be around for very long. I think it's more of the case the finance minister's not going to be around very long, but... Um. <laughs> I, I think they're wrong. Roy, you know what? There's no way. When you look at trucking, the amount of, like, we got to haul loads, we're, we got to strap things down. Yes, sir. There's just, and you go into these places to unload, I mean, there's just no way. I mean, I, there's just no way. I mean, I just cannot see... Doesn't it scare you that in Tempe, Arizona, this vehicle... Clearly, because look, go to at the Roy Green Show. I tweeted the uh, the link to the Tempe, Arizona police video of what happened. 
and you get the shot from inside the car. The vehicle, if you're driving the car, you clearly see the woman pushing the bicycle. The car did not recognize the woman pushing the bicycle and just mowed her down. And if it was a situation, which has been speculated about in that article, if it was a situation where the vehicle is programmed to save the occupants of the vehicle before it concerns itself with people on the road, that's a big, that's a big issue. I know. Hey, Roy, can I just make one more comment before yes, sir. I go? Yes, sir. Sure. Um, you know, but like, Roy, don't we have to ask ourselves why they're pushing it so quickly? Why do they want us out of our cars so bad? That's what I can't figure out. That's Me neither. Me neither, buddy. Somebody's come up with an economic formula that says there's a ton of dough to be made here. Let's go make it. <laughs> Thanks, Roy. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Mark. Drive safely, my friend. In Langley, British Columbia, 800-263-2428. Uh, you know what I want to do? I, I had something else planned here, and I, I'm going to get it in before the top of the hour. Because it relates to what we talked about yesterday in the first hour, and that was the the marches in uh, in in the United States. That um, marches for our lives, and there's a story from Texas that I have to share with you, and maybe we'll have time for a call or two in your thoughts. I'm sure we'll get some calls, so we'll do that when we come back. <laughs> 